Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh, and in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about the conscious and the subconscious mind. Um, as usual, this is only my understanding of these things um, and nothing more. So please, please, please come to your own conclusion and always feel free to reach out with questions, comments, suggestions. So let's get this started. So the subconscious mind is essentially our operating system. It's everything outside of our conscious awareness. Um, it stores our beliefs, our memories. Um, it's everything. It's why we look at things the way we do. It's why we perceive things the way we do. It's why we look for certain things in other people, um, objects, music, politics, religious ideology, all of it. And all the while, we believe that we are making these decisions. We believe that we are deciding things based on our experiences and how logical we are. And we are, uh, but those experiences weren't seen without influence, right? Remember those six cognitive faculties from before? Um, judgment, perception, consciousness, language, memory, and thinking. Well, those are rooted in the subconscious. Remember, they're filters. So no, we're never uh, really seeing things free of influence. Um, that's what makes that concept of beginner's mind so difficult. This means that if perception is our reality, or at least the way we're experiencing reality, then we're experiencing our subconscious mind. We're experiencing the patterns of the subconscious. Um, now, it's important to understand something else, right? Uh, the subconscious isn't personal. It doesn't have an agenda. It's an operating system. It's not plotting against you. Uh, the author and speaker Neville Goddard has a great quote, um, several great quotes. The subconscious doesn't care about the truth or falsity of your feeling. It accepts as true that which you feel to be true. So feeling and perception are pretty interchangeable. Um, I'm feeling this way because of my perception and I'm perceiving this way because of my feelings. Uh, and neither of those two things are always accurate, right? And certainly not free of influence, not free of influence from the past, um, which was distorted. And I know I just used the words influence and distorted, but uh, don't get hung up on that. I don't mean it in a bad way. I just mean that I just mean, as a matter of fact, influence and distortion are hard to escape. You know, we're perceiving through a lens that was shaped by influence. Uh, we were influenced by our upbringing, society, culture. You get it. So this is actually good news. <laughs> this means that this subconscious mind doesn't care. Uh, I can tell it anything, and over time, it'll begin to work that pattern of consideration or perception into the operating system. So a shift in perception is a shift in consciousness, right? What we're conscious and unconscious of. And a shift in consciousness creates new ways of thinking, um, new thoughts, new trains of thought. Um, another great Neville, Neville Goddard quote, um, and I'll quote him a lot when it comes to the subconscious because he was pretty much the guy. Uh, subconscious impressions create the conditions of your world. So if 
due to uh, past events, I believe that the world is filled with potential adversaries and threats, well then I'll live in that world of potential adversaries and threats. Um, and you know, over the years, when I confront clients with that concept, I met with things like, well, these things did happen to me, or uh, this has happened to me several times. And yes, you know, I'm, I'm not denying that. Nobody is, but there's 24 hours in a day. These things didn't happen every hour of every day. When you look at the entire timeline of your life up to this point, how often did they happen? And this isn't meant to dismiss the experience, but it does give us a chance to bring up a phenomenon called negativity bias or the negativity effect. And it's something that I think is important to at least know is happening. Um, it's this thing that happens in the mind of humans. And it says that if there's three pounds of positive or neutral information and three pounds of negative information, it's more like 30 pounds of negative information as opposed to the three pounds that it actually is. Um, and this, you know, negative information will always outweigh everything else. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, if we look at it from an evolutionary standpoint, remember, you know, the mind and the body have a separate agenda than you, and that agenda is to make more bodies. So this negativity bias was very important because it kept us alive. So, and remember, we still have that ancient, ancient nervous system. So when I look at my past, I can certainly, like my past, definitely, I can see how negativity bias created a world for me that was filled with adversaries and threats, right? Um, but after a lot of practice and patience, I created a different world for myself. I folded new information and patterns of behavior into my subconscious that allowed me a different perspective. And in turn, that perspective shift allowed me to have different experiences. Um, we can already see how this leads us right back into the episode on karma, right? Karma being our attractions and diversions, regardless of how we developed those attractions and diversions. So um, one of the ways we change the subconscious is through experiments um, and thought exercises, or, or thought experiments rather, and thought exercises, which can also, you could see that as spiritual practice. You know, we take up a belief system and begin folding those beliefs and ideas into our mind, into the subconscious in the hopes that, you know, that we could begin to exhibit these behaviors and in turn have a different experience of life through these new understandings. So um, this brings us to the conscious mind. And the conscious mind is obviously everything in our conscious awareness, including a thing called pre-conscious, which that's just, those are memories that aren't necessarily at the very top at the surface, but we can access them, or we can access them rather. Um, the most important thing to know about the conscious mind is that it is our fantasy and our imagination. And we're gonna need that if we're gonna change that subconscious mind. Um, I don't know about you, but Tony Robbins is not the one controlling my inner dialogue. My inner dialogue is not a motivational speaker. Um, I mean, you know, I'm working on it, uh, but we've got a ways to go. So uh, what I want to do, though, is I want to impress new ideas into the subconscious. And I like the word impress. Uh, Neville uses it a lot. I like the word impress because I picture the subconscious mind kind of like a piece of putty. And 
the conscious mind is like a stamp with a pattern in it. And what I want to do is stamp this pattern into the subconscious so that this new pattern is part of my subconscious or my operating system. Um, uh, where did that pattern come from? Well, it came from my, or this new pattern rather, it came from my imagination. Well, even the old one came from my imagination, right? I can always imagine horrible things. Um, so I imagined what it would be like to think this way or be this way. And I used my conscious mind to do that. So an example of a thought exercise where I used my imaginative conscious mind uh, to stamp a new pattern into my subconscious would be the concept of reincarnation. Um, growing up in a Baptist church, reincarnation wasn't exactly something I was introduced to. I mean, I'd heard of it. <laughs> I got the idea to some extent, but I didn't understand it. So when Badahari tried to explain it to me, um, I, you know, I wanted to understand it. That's how it works with a teacher. Like you like this person, you trust this person, but I wasn't feeling it as an internal truth. You know what I mean? Uh, so fast forward a handful of years to Lama Losan trying to explain it to me. And again, I got the idea, but something in my mind wouldn't allow it um, as a reality or like a truth, right? Um, well, the common denominator in both of those teachers was that they were kind of coming at it from a punishment reward system. And punishment reward stuff doesn't really work for me. Um, that's a hitch for me. When you get into like right and wrong and the and good and evil absolutes, you lost me. I'm out. I check out every time. Because um, I just, I think it's more complicated than that, simply. Um, but one day I heard a Ram Dass talk where he mentioned this old Buddhist story that I'd heard before, but... Again, you know, the leaf, the right moment. Um, and he the, the old story was like, it's, it's something to the effect, I believe there's measurements involved in this, but just, you know, whatever. Um, if you had a bird with a silk scarf in its beak and it was flying around a mountain, um, dragging that silk scarf along the mountain, the amount of time it would take to wear a groove in the mountain is how long you've been doing this. And then Ram Dass said, um, we've been everything to one another. Well, in that moment, I felt that. Again, it was a leaf falling at the right moment. Well, if we've been everything to one another, right, then we've definitely been mother, father, sister, brother, cousin, aunt, best friend to one another. And, and at the very least, we've been old friends. And that term, old friends, really touches me. I feel that deeply. It's palpable to me. So when I look at someone and I think, old friend. I feel that. Now, when it comes to reincarnation, I can't prove it. It's a belief, a non-quantifiable thing that I can't prove. Sure, there are a lot of anecdotes, but no real evidence. I mean, even within my own life, I've had experiences that lead me to believe that I have lived other lives or simultaneously living other lives. Either way, it's nothing I can show you. I can only share a story with you an anecdote, but this doesn't stop me from believing it. You know, um, I always make the joke that Neil deGrasse Tyson and Bill Nye could show me a PowerPoint presentation where they proved to me that reincarnation isn't a real thing and it's not even possible, but I'd still believe. And I'd, 
Why? Because by folding uh, this concept of reincarnation into my subconscious mind and making it part of my operation or my operating system, my life improved, right? I feel a closeness with people. I stay open-hearted and in my line of work, that's an asset. If the belief creates unity, I keep it. Um, if it creates others and separation, I try to get rid of it. The last thing I need is more separation. <laughs> you know, um, I'm all too good at isolating me, alienating you. So yeah. Um, but this belief didn't come easy, right? It wasn't something my mind could conceive of quickly. It took time to feel into it. It took time to fold it into my mind to where it was just there. Uh, and that it wasn't something that I had to really think about. Uh, instead of needing a reminder, it was more like it was right at the surface, right? And, you know, since I'm a human being with an ego structure, right? Personal importance, personal identity, reality testing. This unity thing, it's not first and foremost thing on my mind because I'm a, an animal, but it's easily accessible now. It's, it's now a habit of thought. It's something that I habitually bring to mind. I think about it all the time. I think about it in traffic. I think about it at the store. It's now a feeling. Like I feel it, right? And remember, the mind mistakes the thought for reality. So what the mind thinks or perceives of, the body feels. So by adjusting or adding to my perception, I change my reality. I change the way I experience reality. Remember, perception means, oh, uh, the definition is a, a, a way of regarding, understanding, or interpreting something, a mental impression. So what I'm doing is I'm altering the way I regard stimuli. I'm altering the way I understand what's happening around me. Um, I'm altering the way I interpret what's happening. And... Uh, what mental impressions or thoughts arise in my mind. So these thoughts are the result of my subconscious or the way my subconscious perceives things. So you can see how all of this changes our experience, um, our experience of reality and how you'd use the imagination of the conscious mind to do that, right? And you can see again how this plays into karma. So um, this is also, this is how spiritual practice works. This is how ritual works. When, um, when you know, when, that's how we, we, we use these ideas to, to kind of mold the subconscious, to impress these new patterns into the subconscious. And these patterns allow us to experience things differently. Um, I'm going to do an episode on subjective and objective reality some other time. But the truth is that most things are subjective. And that's good news because this means we don't have to accept things the way they seem. We don't have to stay stuck in the current headspace we're in or with the reality that someone gave us, that someone being our caregivers, media, culture, whatever. Um, so let's go back to that Neville Goddard quote. The subconscious mind doesn't care about the truth or falsity of your feelings. It accepts as true that which you feel to be true. So if my mind doesn't care whether or not something's actually a threat and it'll just perceive it that way and send sensations into my body that cause my body to feel threatened, then it won't care whether or not you have all actually been my mother, father, sister, or brother, right? If it doesn't care about one, it's not going to care about the other. So over time, it'll just accept it as true. 
And that's something else, uh, you know, this doesn't just happen overnight, right? A lot of people start, you know, fucking with these practices and these things and, and they don't notice a change. It's like, man, this is, this takes time. This isn't, you know, in our culture, it's interesting because we can so quickly do things. Like even when it comes to discomfort, if I don't like something, I can click buttons and never see it again. I can cancel people. I can block people. I can do all this stuff. It's very immediate. But this like real change, it takes time. Um, you didn't get to this unskillful place full of these weird perceptions overnight. So it's not going to, the other way isn't going to happen overnight either to, to turn it around. Um, so if there's a doubt whether or not this actually works, you know, you could just look at your life right now. You know, some of you have described the world or your life as a dumpster fire. And lo and behold, here we are perceiving a dumpster fire while some of us just aren't. You know, when I was a miserable fuck, I looked around and saw these happy people and thought, well, that's just because they don't know what I know. But that wasn't true. Um, if what I believed was objectively real, then people that believed the opposite would be fucked. And they're just not. You know, look at politics and religion. There's people on both sides of various issues that are perfectly happy and perfectly miserable. So who's right? You know, I hope I'm making sense here. This kind of thing can ding the ego when we're overly attached to our point of view, right? We can get tight and yeah, but, or I read an article ourselves into some, into some suffering and misery, but yeah. Um, so to recap, the subconscious mind is our operating system. Um, it's, it's why and how we view the world the way we do. And the conscious mind is kind of our like software and applications. More importantly, our imagination and fantasy. That's something to really remember that the conscious mind is the imagination of fantasy. So we use our imagination to create new patterns of perception, uh, that we can then over time impress those new patterns into the subconscious and make it part of our operating system. Uh, we can make these perceptions or patterns of thought our reality. Um, so I hope this was helpful. Um, uh, this is going to lead us into understanding uh, various practices in, um, in upcoming episodes. It's, I, I, I'm going to get into it. Um, I'm, I'm trying to have this follow a bit of a curriculum. I just feel like we need to understand these things in a certain order so we don't waste time spinning our wheels and, and misunderstanding things. Um, I'll probably do objective and subjective realities next, actually, when I think about it, um, before I do anything on practices. Uh, and it'll probably just be a shorter episode. So per usual, always reach out. Always feel free to question me. It's my job to make sense of this. It's... It's not your job to understand me, so it's my job to make myself understandable to you. Um, so if you don't understand it, it's me, it's not you. Um, check out the website for books and shirts. The Patreon link is there if you're interested in donating $1 or, or $5 a month. Um, if you have ideas about Patreon tiers, I'd love to hear about it. Um, also, you know, I'd like to organize some kind of monthly satsang or group that I could facilitate via Zoom. 
Um, let me know what you think about that. Should I make it a Patreon tier or not? And as always, um, reach out, say hi. We've known each other a long time. Don't make it weird.